Okay, welcome to this episode of Cyber Heroes Live, where we talk about how to protect your people and reputation, strengthen your cyber posture, and learn from the many cybercrime lessons around the world every day. If you're new here, then welcome. And if you've been here before, welcome back. I'm your co-host, Matt, and together with Brad, we're glad that you're here. With that said, Brad, let's dive in. And uh, what have you got for us this week? Uh, thanks, Matt. So, uh... This week, I'd actually like to talk about a, a particular case study uh, with a client of ours that was in the, in the health industry. Um, for the purpose of, of this discussion, uh, we'll call her Lauren. So it was a couple of years ago and it was a Wednesday night and I received a call from this client and she was quite audibly distressed on the phone and she said, Brad, I've been hacked. I, I don't know what to do. They've taken money out of my bank account. Tell me what I can do. So obviously needed to calm her down a little bit. Where are you? She was at her work premises. And I said, first thing you need to do is get that network cable out of the machine. And after we've done this, you know, it gives a bit of time to breathe. I actually sort of, um, once I learned that they were at work, I knew their network. I logged in and began to shut the whole network down, approximately 10 servers, terabytes and terabytes of data um, for clients and obviously particularly sensitive data because it's the health industry. I blocked access to the firewall inbound and outbound but left access for myself to get in knowing where I'd come from. And I continued to interview Lauren. So what had actually happened is Lauren uh, at about 4pm that day got a call from someone saying that from Amazon Prime. Now, a lot of Australians have Amazon Prime subscriptions, popular TV streaming service. And it just so happens their streaming service hadn't been working properly, which was coincidence more than anything. And they said they needed to adjust her account settings. Now, she was busily working at this time, looking at patient data and doing reports. So she let these uh, hackers onto her machine and they had actually just used a perfectly legitimate screen sharing software up on inspection to actually access the machine. But a lot of people have pre-saved attributes for bank accounts and all sorts of things on there. So from my initial investigations, as far as I could tell, there was no malicious software or malware on there, but I'd isolated the entire network in that one instance anyway because we need to go back to zero when something like this happens. So it turns out um, she said the damage at that point um, in her bank account, they'd actually logged into her bank account from her machine was approximately $96,000. They'd used BPAY transfers and BPAY'd that money out. Now, you sort of think about BPAY, it should be safe and secure business transactions that occur between two businesses. Well, in this instance, uh, the BPAY account had been set up and we're still not to this day quite sure how something like that was set up and this money was transferred before we knew it was gone. My advice to her was immediately contact the bank, which she did. And obviously at that time of night, um, the banks don't have a lot of people on board, but they do have something where they have a cybersecurity arm. Most banks have a cybersecurity arm that's active 24-7. So if your credit card's been compromised or you think you've um, been a victim of cybercrime, uh, most banks will give you that service required. The bank obviously isolated her accounts, and over the coming weeks, um, they obviously did their investigations. The net result was about $20,000 that they lost on that night. 
So got some of that money back, but not all of it. And it was a very expensive uh, lesson in what actually had occurred there. When I asked permission to tell this story uh, just last week, I could still see that the person was quite embarrassed, was, was uh, still something that upset them greatly. Um, and I still feel for the situation that uh, she got herself into. So I guess the key takeaways from incidents like this is protect your bank accounts. Having single authentication on bank accounts where one person can do transfers and not having some app behind it or some two-factor authentication when it's over a certain amount, is it's, it's really important that you obviously look at that. Sometimes the pain, if you've got a large bill over $50,000 or something and you need to pay it, paying it in two amounts so they can't take large amounts out at a time is, is one option. But banks and business banking now have many, many features that can stop this type of attack from occurring. Um, Obviously, we see this sort of stuff um, all the time uh, in, in, in businesses as well, and it could happen that your internal person that's doing your paying of your bills could also become someone that will obviously be paid by someone else to use your bank account to extort your business. So having that two-step authentication uh, on your bank accounts or something of that nature, uh, most banks have something. I know when I pay a new supplier, uh, my ANZ bank asked me to put in a six-digit PIN number and that needs to come from me. So that's the story today. Matt, uh, any questions or anyone else that's listening have any questions about that? I think that's really fundamental, isn't it? What The point you're making about putting some systems, checks and balances in place with your bank. Um, and even it could be argued that having two signatories for example, for any transaction over, I don't know, $5,000, whatever the number is. But uh, I know that you, you did it at the Surf Club, right? Um, mm. And that just seems like a really sensible system to have in place. I mean, as you say, it can be a bit of a, a pain in the backside sometimes, but equally um, becoming the victim of cybercrime is much more of a pain in the backside. Um, even this morning, I know we were kind of bumping our gums because, oh, now we're going to put another authentication code in. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Ah, just to get into Zoom, for example. But it's in the name of security at the end of the day. And as you know, Lauren's story shows, I mean, theoretically, Lauren's business could have lost the best part of $100,000. Absolutely. And if you look at that in terms of profit, when you make that on money, where a business makes a profit margin of 10 to 20%, that's anywhere up to a million dollars a turnover. And uh, that's a lot of money to lose in two hours. So it's something really to think about there. Um, well, for, some, for some businesses, yeah, some small businesses couldn't sustain that, actually. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's, it's one of those things that uh, it, it's, it's, you've just got to think, you know, this whole sort of scenario where people just use hope that's not going to happen to me is, is no longer a thing. And... In our, in our next segment here, obviously, we can talk about that because obviously we've had another large compromise occur in Australia in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, sure thing. I think that was one of the takeaways for me as well, knowing knowing the backstory, say, let's say with Lauren. Even all this time later, she she feels somehow like she's she's stupid, she's made a mistake, she it was her fault. Um and that's really a shame, I have to say. I mean, we had that that similar story with uh, the case done in the fundamental, fundamentals course where um, they really felt somehow they had 
some sense of ownership almost and becoming a victim of cybercrime. Uh, it's really personal, even though it's digital and it's not physically someone breaking into your home or breaking into your office or a bank heist in the old sort of old fashioned sense of the term. And it feels that way for the victims. It feels really personal. So anything we can do to avoid that, of course, is uh, is a good thing. All right, let's talk about the news. Uh, it's that time when we take a look at the hottest topic in cybersecurity today. You've given us a hint already, but I just thought that might be. And as always, you've picked the one which you think will be the most interesting right now. So um, you've seeded it, you've teased us with it, Brad. So tell us all about it. If you're uh, listening to the news, uh, it was it was headlines uh, at the beginning of this week and actually earlier after they released it. But Medibank Private uh, is uh, obviously a major health provider. Lots of personal information about their clients. And at this point in time, they're talking 10 million uh, Australians are being compromised uh, through the Medibank Private system. I was in a business meeting this morning and I asked how many people were at Medibank Private. Room of 30 people. I had about three or four people put their hand up. So three or four people in 20 across Australia, if I use a, that sort of an analogy, have been um, have been compromised by the Medibank private uh, situation. What can you do there? Well, you obviously, a lot of the systems, the health systems that are online now, you'd have a login to that to make your claims and things like that. If that password that you use on Medibank private is anywhere else, we talk about shared passwords or using the same password everywhere, now's the time to go and change it. Because that data is now, as of this morning I was reading, it's been released into the dark web and they're selling that data off to other hackers. Whole idea there is to obviously come and try and scam Australian citizens out of money. So really important there that we um, that we have a look at that sort of stuff. I just uh, I'll just quickly share my screen. What I wanted to show there was um, obviously a few of the news sites that are available. These are just the public news sites. Obviously, I'm looking at various other. Um, hacking websites and different things like that, which are obviously um, green hacking websites. They're not ones that are about um, malicious side of things. But you can see here, City Morning Herald, Australian Financial Review, um, they started posting data. Medibank's share price has gone and dipped very, very low. Um, and the thing with that as well is if you look at your own business, and you do have a compromise and you have to report that to your clients, uh, especially if it's notifiable data breach, over 3 million where you have personal identifiable information, the, that trust is lost. So um, many bank obviously now have a trust issue with their clients. Um, so that's Medibank. And I guess, you know, if you are something like that, you'd like to reach out to us, you're a Medibank uh, customer, uh, we'd be more than happy to, uh, to give some advice if you need it. The other thing I'd like to talk about is um, today, and this is just something that's not sort of, no mainstream, but it's more about WordPress sites. We look after approximately 500 WordPress sites for our clients, and we've got a lot of people that have their site on WordPress. It's one of the most popular blogging systems on the internet and having your website run through it. And it's the victim of constant attacks because it has so many different plugins. It's not to say it's a bad product. It's just that uh, so many people develop software that sits on WordPress as a plugin or bolts into it or the main actual core of the data that you need to keep it up to date. But one of the things people don't look at is they look at their WordPress site and they go, oh, I've got all updates. There's nothing here to update. But they have plugins that may be what we call abandoned 
or no longer developed. So there is software out there, and you can ask your web developer if you've got any abandoned plugins on your website. Sometimes those abandoned plugins are things that you don't need anymore, and they can be removed. And why do you want to remove an abandoned plugin? Well, it's old code. It's code that has been developed by someone and they've decided to stop actually looking at it. So we use a product called MainWP, which I'm going to show you here now, and just sort of cover up that data there for the clients. But you can actually see here that we have uh, 14 abandoned plugins across about 40 sites that I've got in this system that I need to obviously go and um, look at the details for. I'm not going to click into those. What I'm sort of showing you there, though, is if you have a WordPress site, and you're getting it maintained, which I recommend, or you're maintaining it yourself, you need to look at what those abandoned plugins are and obviously get those updates sorted. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, well, we are coming up on time. And look, we create this content because at some stage, everyone on the planet is likely to become a victim of cybercrime. And frankly, we don't want you to be one of them. So remember, if you're ever in a position where you think you may have been hacked, go to help cyberheroes.com.au to read and download the cheat sheet that shares with you the five steps you should follow immediately. Uh, from Brad and I, thanks as always for investing your time to keep yourself safe online, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everybody.